money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. I have to calm down. You have to calm down. Yeah, because I'm all like ready to go. Oh, so this show, (laughs) this is the show where we talk about the hard issues of money. And my wife is passionate about the topic today. So hang on to your, your, whatever you're holding on to, your coffee, uh, the steering wheel, whatever it is, because we're going at it. We thought we'd we'd just dig right into, uh, you know, in the church, there are some scripture that keep coming around and around and around again, and, and often they're used maybe not quite in context, or they're used to support an idea, and Malachi 3 is one of those verses or one of those chapters where when we talk about money, you can barely have a conversation around money without somehow coming around to Malachi 3, and we thought we got to bring this onto the show. We got to talk about this. So we've got Dan Massey with us this week. He is going to be the pastor, the 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 the, <laughs> the, the scriptural. He's going to keep Reb in line. Oh, no, he's going to keep me in. Uh, we were not sure, but Dan's going to chime in on this idea that when we're just going to essentially do a little little study on, on Malachi 3 right here with you in the next 25 minutes or so, talking about how that interacts with our heart. Again, this is a show where we're talking about money and heart, and today we're going right into Malachi 3. And, and what it means practically for our churches, because we came off a show last week where we talked about not being able to talk about money in church and how it's hard for pastors uh, sometimes to bring the subject up um, mm-hmm for various reasons that we didn't even uncover completely. So but, if you missed the show last week, yes. a great show to, in a sense, preface this one. Um, again, just going back to, often we'll use scriptures to, to build up our argument, if you will, to, to, mm-hmm. to you know, hey, um, you know, I this is what I'm praying about, or this is what I want to see, and is there a scripture that I can say, hey, can justify or can build me up or can, can defend my 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 point of view. So I'm not sure we're going to necessarily go there today. We want to really just open this up, look at the context of Malachi 3. We're going to look at where that is, and hopefully it's going to just allow you to open your Bible when you get there. If you're driving, maybe keep your hands on the wheel, but open your Bible and dig in a little deeper than we can this morning. Okay, so Malachi 3. I have the message interpretation of the scripture because it says it really bluntly and sometimes I love the bluntness of the message Um, but to preface this uh, well let me read it first I am God yes I am I haven't changed and because I haven't changed you the descendants of Jacob haven't been destroyed you have a long history of ignoring my commands you haven't done a thing I've told you Return to me so I can return to you, says the God of the angel armies. You ask, but how do we return? Begin by being honest. I just 
love these verses. <laughs> Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, how have, you, how have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering, that's how. And now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Bring your full tithes to the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open my heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, I will defend you against marauders, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. The message of God, the God of the angel armies. You'll be voted happiest nation. You'll experience what it's like to be a country of grace. God of the angel army says so. Now, the reason we went to this passage this week, um, I, don't, I don't even know really why we did, other than this scripture is used often by people. And for me, if you know me after the last three months, don't take verses out of context. We talk about this, well, you're, we're not bringing your full tithe into the temple, so you better bring it in because then God's going to pour f- floodgates on you. He's going to open up provision. Your bank account's going to get full again. So just test me in this. You know, just... but. The whole context of this, if you read what I just read, God's calling us to return. Mm -hmm. He's calling us to return to him. Return to me so that I can return to you, says the God of angel armies. Then he says, you've robbed me. And and the scripture's like, "How, how have I robbed you? Well, when Dave and I were talking about it this week, it hit me like a ton of bricks. The 11 tribes of Israel received land as an inheritance from God. The inheritance of the Levites, the priests, the ones who served in the temple, was the tithe from the other 11 tribes. God is telling them that they have withheld that inheritance from the that tribe of the Levites. They have kept it back for themselves. So they're sitting on the land, their own land, in their nice little inheritance, but they're withholding what God asked them to give to the Levites, which was his provisional inheritance. So when I read it like that, and he says, well, test me in this, you know, bring your tithe back to me. Because then it's all going to flow. We're going to have enough. There's going to be enough for everybody. Why they were withholding it, maybe someone smarter than me can tell me why the Israelites were withholding it. So we're going to bring Dan into the conversation <laughs> now. Dan Massey, join us now. Uh, but we are. We're going to bring Dan in. Thanks for coming and joining us again, Dan. Dan's been a pastor in the, the Ottawa area for 22 years. Um, great friend of mine. Has his own journey. Again, we, we talked about that a little bit last week's show so a little introduction welcome dan thanks dave good (laughs) so i don't know if you're any smarter than me you probably are and you maybe know but i would say that their hearts just weren't in it into giving the levites their provision well i think rebecca goes to great you know (laughs) great and it's mine and you know it belongs to me I I worked, mm. I sewed, I earned the money. We we can only guess, mm-hmm. but what we do know is that God, from the time of creation, asked for obedience, mm-hmm. and He keeps bringing this up through Scripture. And just like us today, we take two steps forward, one step back, mm. and God is. I, I love the fact that in our canon that Malachi is at the end and Mm. God said hey once again I'm just going to remind you don't take what's mine Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It belongs yes. to me. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was reading it, I think that I took that, that step further. Why read scripture if you're just going to leave it in your head? The question is, am I withholding inheritance? And I was thinking about my neighbors, actually, who live up the road or who, who people I care for who maybe aren't following Christ and I, and, or are. And the Lord wants to use my, the resources that he has given into my hand to provide something for my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Am I withholding that inheritance that God is intending for them to, as a part of calling them to his heart? Mm-hmm. And am I holding it greedily because I just think I won't have enough for tomorrow? And I can honestly say sometimes on my life's journey, I can look back and see times when he said, give it. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Can you even be, I'm too tired to give my time yes you know. yes because i was thinking about that too yeah. we were we were at our neighbors the other night dave's a great example um i'm gonna boast about him a little bit if i'm allowed but anyway the other night it was cold our neighbor called and this neighbor is amazing because he cuts trees down and he often brings us the wood so he supplied half our wood for for the year and which is an amazing gift to us but there was dave and he had a hole in his tire and dave's good with cars so dave's like no no you don't have to take it anywhere let's just fix it here and so there we were it didn't take him very long and i thought that was david just saying you know what I'm just going to, I'm going the extra mile. Why? It's going to take five minutes. Why wouldn't I go the extra mile for this? For the, it's a, It was a small thing, but to me, it spoke to my heart because I'm not always going the extra mile. Mm-hmm. And yet when I, I see it, that's, that's stewardship. That's caring. That's provision for our neighbor that he can provide. And it wasn't withholding it, even though we were cold and standing out in the, you know. But that to me. So, so there was sacrifice there was a little yes and and, you know being faithful to god can require sacrifice and it's just a small thing but to me that example is so big it just speaks because often you know we'll say oh yeah i'll give god my life you know if someone's if i can defend someone i'll 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 take a shot but it's actually living for other people and sacrificing in those little ways that we're so reluctant to do, mm-hmm. I think sometimes. And I think you know, going back to the Israelites, sometimes um, you just in the this, the 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 role of life. Um, you know, those eleven tribes, they knew they were supposed to give a tenth. It was really clear in 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 their tradition and and all that. But in the whole, just kind of, oh, well, somebody else will do it, or, or you know, we, again, we don't know what they were necessarily thinking, but we know that there needs to be some intentionality around obedience. When, when there's something that God has said in his word that you need to do, and it's really clear, then I don't know how we get around it unless we make it intentional. And we're talking about, in a sense of this giving, this tithing part, and you know, when we give to our local congregations, that money is to be used for the glory of God, for the, for the kingdom work. Much the same as the Levites was, much the same as the Levites were, were 
taking care of the temple. They were, you know, standing before the Lord in terms of, of uh, sacrificial for the sins of the people. They, I mean, they had all kinds of, God, again, was really clear on what the role of the Levites they were supposed to do. And part of what they were supposed to do was take care of the poor. They were supposed to put stuff in storehouses and administer it in a way that's godly. I mean, all of these things the Levites were supposed to do, and yet the Levites were handcuffed in actually doing what they needed to do because the people mm-hmm. in the other 11 tribes simply weren't intentional. I, you know, is it out and out rebellion? Is it out and out, you know, kind of against God, I'm going to just reject? No, I don't think so. I think it was just simply life, the same life gets all of us, and and they weren't being intentional. I agree in some ways. See, this is where I can say my thinking. I mean, God said, return to me. Mm -hmm. They weren't, they may have not thought about it as rebellion, but they weren't with him. He said, return. They were robbing God. And they maybe didn't think of it that way. And maybe that's the harshness of this word. And I get feisty about it. But I'm like, how are we withholding from God? Mm-hmm. How are we? How am I? You know what? We have to, I have to make it personal. <laughs> how am I withholding to God? If I look in my bank account, what is my bank account telling me? I mean, I'm not telling anyone out there that they have to give up their mortgage or give up all this stuff and just give the shirt off their back. Although Dave's that kind of a guy because he's just that jet. He just loves to give to people. But what is God asking us of us? How are we withholding? And are we, maybe you're not, maybe you're an awesome giver. And I'm like, yay, then tell us your story. But, but that's where I like, mm-hmm. it is, it's maybe not conscious rebellion, but we are loving money and ourselves more than we're loving the work of God and God himself because we're withholding. Rebecca, could, could you not hold back and just tell, tell us what you really think? Um, yeah, the question, forget about the money and everything. The question is, what am I withholding from God? Mm-hmm. Right. What am I withholding from God? It's that Looking in, it's like the passage you read. It said the honesty, the like the honesty. What about being honest with ourselves mm-hmm. and just saying, "How am I holding back?" And then begin a mm-hmm. journey of of not holding back, choosing to intentionally change. Um, the same issues are reflected in the church. Right. How, how is the church going to do what God asked the church to do? You talked about putting the, um, the food away. The Levites would mm-hmm. store the grain. We have the food banks. Mm-hmm. Um, the, things really haven't changed. Mm-hmm. Just the, the package has changed. Um, how can the church be effective when the church has to look at its budget based upon what it received, what she, the church is she, Mm -hmm. what she received last year and go, okay, we have these things to do, which includes, um, you know, your salaries, you're paying the lights, Mm -hmm. you're paying the heat, paying all these things. And then you go, okay, now we have a dribble to put into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And if that's what our 
church budgets look like. It's no different than our home budgets. Mm-hmm. So is the problem mm-hmm. in the church that we're not doing things right? Or is it the people of God who aren't giving sacrificially and they're falling into that um, average of 2% being mm-hmm. given to the church? Um, saying, well, I, I need the other 8%. Well, no, you don't need it because it's God's anyways, mm-hmm. you know, to put it quite bluntly. Um, and and that is the hard part. You know, you see the scripture and you you sense the urgency, the need to be obedient, to get, let's get our hearts right back with the Lord. And that might mean adjusting our personal life so that we can give uh, I remember Steve Rolston, when he was here talking about generosity, he mentioned a family he knows that lives off, they have six people in their family, lives off $40,000 a year. They paid off their house and they choose to give everything else away. Uh, you know, we're not telling you that you have to do that. And it's a journey, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. always talk about that. But this is where the practical part comes in because today there are people listening thinking, how on earth am I going to give 10%? How on earth? I can't even I can't even pay my hydro bill, right? Isn't that the current Ontario <laughs> oh, yeah. complaint? Uh, yeah. You know, we've had we have our own hydro story, but we're not telling that today, but um you know, how David, how do we reconcile this? How do we get from the place of, you know what? My heart does tell me I want to give. Mm-hmm. My heart does How do I do that? How do How do I do that? So you know, part of that is, and, and Dan, I'm going to bring you in because I think you've got something to, that can speak to this. But, you know, part of that is recognizing that there is this tension between God's kingdom and, and the world's kingdom. And so sometimes we, we ask the question because we're, we're so much trying to figure out how to do God's work the world's way, if I can say it oh, like that, right? Yeah. So we're, we're trying to figure out how we can do God's work using the world's ways. And we have to use God's ways to do God's work. And so this goes back to the Malachi. It goes back to reading scripture. It goes back to our conversation last week with you know, coming to church in a congregation and, and figuring this out together. How can we do God's work in God's way? Because again, if we look at the economy through the Old Testament and how God set it up, it's different from all the other economies that were in the world at that time. And yet, Rebecca, you read from Malachi 3, and the way he interpreted that is, you will be a happy people, and people will want to be Israelites because you're a happy people. God's work is accomplished in God's way. And that's sometimes the difficulty that, that we have to try and do is just trying to figure out, okay, I, I maybe have to, I have to put aside the world's way of thinking, the world's way of doing stuff, the world's way, and try and figure out how it is that God wants me to do it. So, Dan, now I'm going to open it up to you. Okay, well, I want to go back to uh, Malachi and in verse um, 10, where it says, test me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's To me, there's the idea that Trust me. Mm-hmm. Work with me. I yeah. want to partner with you. I understand that you are weak and that you you need proof that I am faithful. Wow. I can tell you that God is faithful, mm-hmm. but 
to the, the young believer, the new believer, the one who has never considered the idea of the tithe. Like, how can God be faithful in this? Mm-hmm. And it's test me. Some people don't like this idea, mm-hmm. but you know, I think that's what we're here today for, mm-hmm. to stir things up a yeah. bit. Start the conversation. <laughs> yeah, so if, if you're giving a half a percent, go up to 1%. Mm-hmm. Say, God, I'm going to trust you with this. And as God begins to show you, keep, keep working with him. He, he's not a, a, a God who you know, points his finger and says, just you know, open your wallet, give me your <laughs> bank account. You know, it's, come on, work with me. I'll show you. I'll show you how good this journey can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you do yes. in debt freedom coaching. Yeah. Say, walk alongside mm-hmm. and see that this, this will work. Yeah. And over time it works. Because a person isn't going to go from 0.5% to 20% this year unless their income increase is really great and they have a huge change in how they're spending money. There's often a gradual process of the journey, right, where we mm-hmm. our hearts start to change, the more our hearts shift. That family that lives off 40000 to give the rest away didn't start there. Mm-hmm. They... It was a it takes shift. Time and, it takes you know, time. Peter didn't jump out of the boat the day after he met Christ. You know, he, he hung out with them. He saw the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. He saw Jesus, you know, calm a couple storms. And then the opportunity comes and he jumps out of the boat and still sinks, right? So we, yes. we still <laughs> have that. Well, there's an encouraging okay. word. <laughs> but I trust you. I'm bringing that yes. in because we are going to fail. It's going to be forwards and backwards. And, and especially in this context where, you know, using that picture of Peter, there's a storm all the way around. You know, there's the world happening all around us. And we step out in faith. We go, you know what? I'm going to trust you. When, when Christ says, come, I'm going to trust you. And in a, in a sense, what did Peter need to do? Stay focused on Christ. And what happened? He looked at the storm. What do we need to do? Stay focused on Christ. Mm-hmm. What happens? Yes. We see the storm. Uh, okay. Focus on Christ. Christ still reaches out. He didn't drown. He brings them back into the boat. You will not drown, but you do need to focus back on Christ. Focus back on Christ. Pull ourselves, you know, our spirit kicking and screaming back into, I'm going to focus on Christ in this money issue. I'm going to focus. How do we spend our money? You know, make every spending decision a spiritual one. Bring it back into focus of Christ. When when uh, Malachi writes, bring your tithes and your offerings, it's without strings attached. Mm-hmm. And right. in the church, people will give with strings attached. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it toward this or put it toward that. And God said, just bring it in. Mm-hmm. And And that really is something which holds boards and leaders um, hostage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a building fund or some fund that's a bit of a pet subject and they're giving to it, meanwhile, there actually isn't enough to pay the hydro. Mm-hmm. So there isn't enough to pay the hydro, you can bet there isn't enough for ministry. Mm-hmm. We, wow. we need to come to that idea of put it, put it, just give it to God. No, no strings mm-hmm. attached, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I th- I think as 
Christians, we need to stop thinking, too, that the church has to practice this generosity, but it's personal generosity. So, you know, instead of just giving to this charity or this church, we also, above and beyond that, need to say, I'm just going to give to someone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there is no receipt attached to that. No, charity, you know, yes. They're, they're, I'm getting nothing back. That's a topic for another show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, Brev and I are both looking. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we look at each other. I mean, uh, and again, how many times don't we say, "Well, my charitable giving is giving is directly connected to the receipt I get at the end of the year," which is, anyways, we're not going to go there today, (laughs) right? And the other thing that I'm thinking of that no strings attached is like, well, you know, he said test me in it, so that means if I give it, I'm going to get it back somehow. Mm-hmm. And some sometimes we do get a financial blessing. Dave and I have lived that on our journey of the last 10 years, you know, when we haven't had income. Or, but it's really, I think we've got to remember this is about grace. Yes. And mm-hmm. there's sowing and reaping, mm-hmm. but it's about grace. You can be a terrible giver to, to God, and he still graciously pours out provision for you every day. We can be horrible, but he's gracious. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, we got a couple minutes left and I'm going to end on this note because we want to get to some homework and, and do some homework for, for you, the listener. But, you know, God thinks generationally. So when we talk about this, you know, giving to get thing, well, remember Abraham was promised that he would be the father of how many, many nations and he saw one child. And God thinks generationally. So if God gives you a promise that there's going to be immense blessing in your life, it might be your grandchildren or your grandchildren's grandchildren's life. So think about that when you start investing and when you start thinking about money. Say, you know what? I may not actually see that 20 bucks I gave come back as 200 bucks. But that might be a grandchild's grandchild, right? So there's a generational issue. And again, that's a topic for a whole different show. <laughs> sure. Well, David says that he will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out um, much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. So where is it going to go? This blessing is to go on to others. Absolutely. It's way beyond us. Way beyond. So, so a little bit of homework. I think we just need to... To, to really dig into this Malachi and analyze it, think about it, talk about it within your, your, your community to say, how is what, how I view my charitable giving? That, that, that one line item, that you know, tax receipt that we get at the end of the year, how is that reflective of what Malachi is, is talking about here in Malachi 3? And, and you know, have that conversation. That's a conversation you have with your spouse. It's a conversation you have with your small group. It's a conversation you might take your pastor out and say, hey, I want to talk about this. Because there are so many, we've, we've hit on so many different little uh, nuances as we, we've tackled that this morning. So, and, it's, and it's timely because everyone's doing their taxes. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. while you look at your charitable giving for 2016, maybe ask yourself some of these hard questions. The message says, be honest. Mm-hmm. That's that how they interpret that Malachi 3. Be honest with yourself. Yeah. And remember, what you get back, yeah. it belongs to God. 
Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay, so let's just pray. So, Lord, we do thank you. We just come at the end of this conversation with open hands. And, and as, as we've just said, it all belongs to you. And we offer ourselves and, and, and our finances up to you and allow you to do what you want to do. We trust you, Lord, that you're a good God, that you don't want us to, to constantly be in want. That's, that's not what you want you've got a heart for us that's like a father for a child and so you want the same things that we want for our children and so lord i thank you for that i thank you for your word i thank you for the experience that you've given us uh, i thank you for dan joining us and so lord what a gift those all of those things are to us and we just give you glory this morning in christ's name Amen. next week we have Ray Borg. He's going to actually talk to us about some of the resources Compass Canada has that can help churches and pastors start the conversation in their churches. So we're gonna we're just keeping on that theme: encourage stewardship and. Uh, we want this conversation to go in your relationship with your spouse, in your relationships with your friends, and in your relationship in the church to see the church do what the church is meant to do and that is glorify god with all that we've got so join us next week when we talk money let's talk money is a division of more than enough financial fitness where god is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow for more information or to comment on today's show please visit more than enough.ca